Howdy, howdy, Mark. Hey there, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, and yourself? I'm doing all right. Yeah? Yeah. I don't have one. Neither do I. You know, so they've got this new restaurant in town, right? Okay. And it's supposed to be this, like, fancy kind of, you know, I guess you'd call it romantic. And, I mean, we've talked before, we don't, me and my lady go out, but we don't go anywhere romantic, so we go out to this new nice restaurant. Okay. And it's literally what you expect. There's, like, shitty fountains and, like... They've got a they've got like a band playing and super overpriced pasta and crap like that. Is, is one of those like people running around selling you flowers and stuff? Yeah, they've got the little flowers and stuff. Uh, yeah, but like, so we're sitting there chilling, eating our overpriced pasta, which wasn't bad. And this weird like Asian dude runs up to the band and tips like hands him like twenty bucks, and just cuts into this like blistering cover of James Taylor's "You've Got a Friend." <laughs> Yeah. And it wasn't like his cover was bad, but just like James Taylor generally bums me out. So the evening was ruined. It just kind of shifted into shitty, huh? Yeah, it shifted into shitty. I knew in my mind's heart that that night had shifted into shitty. But you know what isn't shifting into shitty? Hmm. The Dang Old Podcast. <laughs> welcome, everybody, to Dang Old Podcast. Yes, welcome. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Mark, and my good buddy... Johnny... We take two episodes of the beloved adult animation classic, King of the Hill, and we talk about its good parts and its bad parts and its high points and its low points, and we see if it still holds up, and then we slap it with our patented rating system. And, um, Johnny, just want to get into it, buddy? Let's do it. Uh, we're going to be doing episode 109 today, Father of the Bribe. Original air date, January 6, 2002. Uh, this is, I believe, our first episode, 2002, Mark. January 6th. I guess it'd have to be. It would have to be. I swear, yeah. no, no, we did that last night, and I was like, oh, we're, we're only a month away, or whatever, from 9-11. Yep. You're like, yeah, but that happened this year. Fuck me, yeah, it did. Yep, yep, yep. yep. There, there it is, yep. Uh, written by Dean Young. We've got a cast of characters for this episode. D- hey. Okay, Dean Young. We just had Dean Young. We did. Yeah. We did. He, yeah. We had his uh, his crowning achievement, which was his very first episode. The Bay's Revenge, yeah. Yeah. Um, cast of characters, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Con, Con, and... Con, Connie, and Min Super Noose and Pwn. Dale Gribble, Principal Moss, General Gum, uh, I believe that's uh, Min's father. Yep. Uh, Octavio has, has returned, Mark. Ever so briefly, the Ever shining so star. briefly. And then we have a teacher here, and he's, he doesn't have a first name. He literally is just named in the wiki as Timmel. Timmel. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he's the obnoxious teacher that, that sounds like he's got something shoved up his nose. He's got that big mole on his face. He's constantly yelling at him. Is that um David Herman? Uh, I could take a look here. He sounds I'm not very sure. Jimmy Witcherty. Uh, it is David Herman, yeah. Okay. But I, I believe this has got to be his first appearance. I, we haven't seen Timmel yet. Yeah, first appearance in Father of the Bribe, according to the wiki here. So, uh, yeah, that's our cast of characters. You ready for a synopsis, buddy? Um, you missed one crucial point. Oh? Emily is here. Do we get Emily in this? In a non-speaking role, she's like standing in front of Bobby and Connie in the hall. I just, I like Emily. I think she's funny. I like it when she's around. You and I watched some very bizarre uh, King of the Hill YouTube poop last time I saw you about Emily. (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So synopsis for this episode, Bobby and Connie try to pull a fast one on Con, but it backfires and leaves their relationship at a crossroads. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. It's a interesting it's an interesting story. We do have a I think a full on B story in this. Yes we do. In Dale. But yeah. our A story characters, Bobby and Connie. Um let's get into some notes, man. Some notes. Um number one just flat out. I love Dale's B story, the whole pirate radio. Yeah. It's great. Just serving the tri house area. 
right? Now, it's I'm starting to notice, and I don't know if this is, if it's proximity, if it's just something real weird and bizarre. So, story time, Mark. Okay. My lady and I, we've been rewatching Malcolm in the Middle of All Things. Okay. On, uh, on Hulu, because I was like, you know, I kind of want to check this out. I want to see if it holds up, see if I still hate the mom as absolutely as much as I thought I did when I was a kid. Hey, spoiler alert, I really kind of do. Jane Kazimierz is obnoxious. Yes. Like, she does a great job, but she's hard to watch. She's very hard to watch, and so it's a very good job. But any more Brian Cranston I can get in my life, the better. So it's it's definitely turning out pretty productive. And not too long ago, you and I recorded an episode about uh, Mr. David Kalaiki Ali'i, mm-hmm. and it had a bunch of really cool Fox commentators as guest stars on that. Yeah. Well, just so happens that I watched an episode of... So I was recently watching Malcolm in the Middle, and there is an entire episode also early in those seasons of Malcolm in the Middle where Hal sets up a pirate radio broadcast that can only be heard for about four freaking blocks. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't know if there is some cross-interference. I've never looked up to see if they have the same, like, writing staff or if they share anything or... Who knows? Maybe somebody who was writing for for Fox was rooming with another person writing for Fox, and they were just on two different teams, but they bounced ideas off of each other. Yeah, could it was, be. It's but it's like the second instance now on a, a show that I know is on the same network that has got very similar points to it, yeah. or very similar guest stars. So I wonder if it's like you're saying. Right? Well, I wonder if it's like you, what you were saying in uh, Peggy makes the big leagues, where they have these guys kind of not on retainer, but like they essentially belong to Fox. Yeah. So they're like, all right, well, there's no football this week. You go fucking hang out with Brian Cranston, yeah, right? And I could definitely see that, but then like the storyline points were it was kind of screwing with me. Hmm. Who who thought it was a big deal? Like, was pirate radio a big thing in the early two thousands? I don't remember honestly. <laughs> I can't either. I remember there's that big FCC crackdown in, like, what, 2002, after Janet Jackson's titty got popped out? Yeah. And, like, I just remember there was a local DJ who went by the name of Jack Meehoff, and then, like, they got all weird and shitty about it, so that he had to change his name to Mr. Meehoff. <laughs> and now, years later, he's still Mr. Meehoff, and it's like, number one, it's sad that you've been a DJ as long as I've been alive, but number two, like, we need to not take shit so seriously. Right? Like, that's a pretty harmless joke. I think. But... I just thought it was interesting here. Hmm. Um, but sorry, I interrupted your notes. No, not at all. Interrupt away. Khan's van is weird. How come it's not a Ford Expedition? Yeah. Right? Like, why does he need that giant van? That's a mommy van. Like, they have the one kid. Yeah. Well, he, Soccer mommy, let me be clear. He doesn't have his uh, big SUV he can't put in the garage yet. Yeah. So I don't think we've seen that yet. Not yet, no. And he doesn't have his sweet El Camino yet. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Uh, this D and D crap. You know what he's referencing? Uh, I do not. He's I re- mean, I'm I'm assuming like there was a lot of paranoia around Dungeons and Dragons, but yeah, I I what I assume Carl Moss is referencing here when he says that I want your kids doing some D and D crap. I jump, you jump. Yeah, I believe he's referencing a 1982 film called Mazes and Monsters, in which a group of kids become so wrapped up in the world of role playing that they can't disassociate reality from fiction. Okay. And the only reason it's important to note is because this is Tom Hanks' first ever movie. Interesting. 1982, okay. and it is a real turd. <laughs> I I would believe it. This also has, uh, this seems like it's a recycled storyline, or at least it has since been recycled. I don't know if you watch anything on the CW, Mark. You don't strike me as somebody who really cares about anything that network puts out. I know that I make this joke almost every time we record. Just Smallville. Literally just Smallville. Yeah? Yeah. 
Um, but I uh, I had a, a phase there where I would watch the the Dark Archie reboot called Isn't Riverdale. It uh, it's I mean it no, but I it's saw the Family Guy parody and I was like I could watch this maybe. It's entertaining. Okay. That's that's for sure. But there is an entire like season arc dedicated to a bunch of people who used to play essentially a role playing game and now they're poisoning each other in real life. And then thirty years later, it starts happening again. Jesus. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, D&D is having such a nice, fun resurgence right now. Let's get people to shit all over it. That's what we should do. Well, it's because nerd culture is running rampant. We need to kill it. We need to take it out back and beat it up and then pull its pants down and hang him off the flagpole. Hey, it's because us nerds are woke. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it at all. No? No, I think that Marvel ruined it for everybody, and how come I got all those ass whoopings in high school so you kids can run around pretending to be Captain America? <laughs> uh, Matt, some... <laughs> That's Amore returns. That's Amore. We just saw it in The Trouble with the Gribbles, and now we're seeing it now. And I have come to the conclusion that Hank and Peggy never go to That's Amore unless it's with another couple. Okay. Now, granted, we've seen it twice, but I'm keeping an eye on it. Sure. Um, and finally, how do you... We'll just talk about it now, I guess. All right, well, we got some soundtrack notes, too, right? Yeah. We got uh, The Drifters Under the Boardwalk is playing on the radio. Yep. We have something by a dude whose name I don't, I can't pronounce, but he's the king of polka, according to Octavio. Uh, okay. Octavio. Um, and finally, we have uh, Peaches and Herb reunited, being covered by the band at That's Amore. Yep. We also have uh, Disco Inferno at oh, one yeah. point. Yes, we did. Uh, playing in Con and Min's flashback. That's Disco Inferno by the Tramps. There you with go. Two A's. Um, yeah. Let's see. Let's talk about it. Bobby and Connie break up, and apparently nah. they've been together for two years now. That's what it feels like. Well, no, that's what he said. You've yeah. been a part of the organization for two years. Which means that now they got together and he was 11 and whatever. But whatever. Yeah. Like, so canonically, two years have passed now. Since, what was since it? The, since at least the beginning. Like, at least No, the... but when did they become boyfriend and girlfriend? It was the picture in the newspaper, and that's when Dooley pops up, you guys are boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. And I cannot think of that well, episode they had, to save my life. They had the uh, the kissing party at the Gribbles. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I can't think of it. It just seems like the timeline's off, and it might be because you and I are shotgunning these so hard that it's... Could be, but we're also halfway through this. Yeah, that's true, too. Whatever, we're not talking about hypothetical timelines that don't exist. No. Um. Yeah, I'm... but they broke up. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's, uh, I'm going to say it in my little end spiel here, I feel like this has been coming for two seasons. Yeah. Like it's been overdue for two seasons. I didn't expect them to get this much out of it. I'm glad that we got some of the episodes from it. You know, if they had broken up earlier, we wouldn't have gotten Won't You Pee My Neighbor. Naked Ambition. We wouldn't have gotten Naked Ambition. Like there's there's a couple of really good moments between the two of them that we would have missed. However... I feel like this has just kind of been lingering in the background, and they've been toying with the idea for a while. Yeah. Like, Joseph taking Connie to the the dance, and, you know, things like that. So, I I don't know. Shit or get off the pot, guys. All this shit. They finally dropped it. Dean Young finally pooped it. All yeah, you ever did. think about is poop. It's always poop with you. <laughs> oh. How about you, buddy? You got some notes for me? Um, I do. So you hit the two of the, the songs that I wrote down here. Um, I wrote down, who is this new mold teacher? But uh, then I mold went teacher. and looked it up. It's Tim Mole. Tim Mole. Tim Mole. Sorry, at the risk of this turning into a uh, Austin, Austin Powers sketch. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will keep going. Uh, but I was just like, God, this guy came out of nowhere and he is obnoxious. Yeah. 
you know, bring me back Grandy. Because he's also obnoxious, but... At least he's fun to watch. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, I wrote a list down of all of the conspiracies that Dale put on his radio, just because I was curious. I think I might have missed one. Okay. Uh, but uh, we are storing the country's silver in our mouth. Okay. Uh, so he urges children to pull out their fillings. Mm-hmm. At one point, he speaks to Spiro Agnew. This is um, Dick Nixon's former vice president, Spiro Agnew. And headless co-pilot. Yep. Slash chauffeur slash valet. Yep. Ah! Um, by drinking soft drinks, you will effectively lower your sperm count. Hawaii may or is that may where not that came exist. From? Do you remember that shit? Do you remember how Yellow 5 and Mountain Dew was going to lower your sperm mm-hmm. count when you were a kid? Mm-hmm. I remember people telling me that. Yeah. Surely, King of the Hill wasn't the progenitor of that. No, God, no. No fucking way, It right? had to have been somebody that just heard it and was like, oh, this is so stupid, it's a Dale Gribble conspiracy. Does it? You feel free to look it I'm up. I'm gonna, right? I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to totally derail us, but no, now I gotta no, know. No, no, um, And I don't know, I... So much of this episode, the only other note I have in here is just titled Middle School Crushes. Okay. And so much of this episode is surrounded around the fact that Bobby and Connie are taking this way more seriously than they should for kids that are their age. And I just was kind of curious. Mark, did you date anybody in high school? Or in middle school? Uh, no, I was I was a fat white lump. Fat white lump. Okay. Yeah, no. I think I held hands with a girl in middle school. That was That's about it. Yeah. I'd... She called my house once. I was ridiculed endlessly for three straight months. Um, it was not fun. <laughs> she had braces and a little bit of a speech Aww. impediment. So when she called on the phone, my older brother who answered knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. And then he decided it would be hilarious to tell my dad who then made fun of me for it. It was just, it was not a good time. My little brother tried one time to make fun of her. That ended real quick. You beat him, didn't you? Yes, I did. a boy. Yes, I did. <laughs> As as a, a twelve year old would beat on an uh, like an eight year old. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember. I just I don't remember. Yeah. Well, give me some of your pros then, buddy. Um, shockingly few. Well, not shockingly, but I don't know. Whatever. I feel like I'm really falling off the wagon lately. Um, fat white lump. That's a great little bit. Yes. You even looked at me and went, "This is fat white lump." Yeah, I use fat white lump a lot in my day to day life. Way more than I should. <laughs> I'm probably gonna start using it more and more now. It just tickles me. Yeah. Um, I get really excited. Not excited. I'm just happy anytime we see Khan singing. Yes. We haven't like, even gotten to the, his, like, pinnacle here. The karaoke? Uh, we, well, I mean, karaoke, no, karaoke is, is good. I don't, I don't think that's his pinnacle. His pinnacle, to me, is one that I hear on a weekly basis, and my wife would absolutely destroy me if I didn't bring up the fact that she also adores it. And it's him making up lyrics to the song Axel F from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot he did that. Yes. Yep. So every time Axel F comes on, she and I definitely sing along as we are Khan. Hell yeah. But no, I love Khan singing moments. Yeah. Um, and my final pro is I like Hank talking about putting milk does in his popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. For a pretty straight-laced dude, that's not something you'd expect out of him. I honestly feel like Luann did this to him. It yeah. started with uh, cookie dough and your ice cream, <laughs> and now it's just been like a downward spiral. Yep. That's why Hank has an ass now, because he's been eating such fatty foods and shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about you, buddy? What you got for me? Um, I have in here, it's good to see Khan again. We haven't had a Khan-centric episode in a while. It's been a minute. And he shines in this. It's not the best, but he shines for sure. Um... For a 13-year-old, Bobby knows how to set pretty damn good boundaries with adults. 
I feel like. Yeah. You know, it starts out with uh, Khan saying, hey, why don't you do- hop in? I'll give you a ride. I don't want to. I'm going to walk. And I hate walking. <laughs> so that should tell you something. Such a shit. And then he, like, when he eventually gets in the car with Khan and they go to Whataburger, he has that whole speech at the end where he's like, we're going to make this work and you better get used to it, Dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, see you later. It's like, all right, for a 13-year-old, you are like, God, by, by the time I was 13, I would not have talked to an adult that way. Oh, no. Uh, maybe when I was, like, seven or eight where I had no filter, but... Man, I, you you saw yesterday, I'm in charge of several adults. Yeah. And I have a hard time talking to them that way. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, it's good good on Bobby for having good boundaries. Yeah. Um, well, Bobby's a reasonable kid. We said it before. It's true. Now, with that being said, his speech at the end where he is he's trying to, like, essentially fire Connie mm-hmm. is so awkward. I have it in here as a as a pro because it's so fun to watch. Because he got the advice from Hank. I think that's very mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one I, I have in here, Mark, okay. and we can digress if we need to. Okay. But young men is just as hot as foxy older men. Here, here. If my beer wasn't empty, I'd clink with you. <laughs> I just, it needed to be said. Now go ahead and ask your follow-up, who's hotter, young Lu- young men, old men, or Luann? Sundress Luann, specifically, Mark. It's just Luann, doesn't matter. It's always it's Luann. always Luann. Give me some cons, man. I hate that I'm this person. Con! Um, Bobby should have finished that burger. It yeah, would have been a power like move. Him. It would have been a power move for him to finish the burger, wipe his hands on the napkin, and drop it and leave, and leave the trash in the and car. And then say his And his then bit. say his bit. Like, he's listening to Khan, he's pretending to hear him out, but he's just going to horse that little, you know, single quarter with cheese. Like, yeah. Um, the hell does that say? How'd they get that room? I don't know. That it's in my really retro hangs rage. me up. Yeah, but even like... You need a credit card. This was 2002. You needed a credit card in 2002. I know you did. Yeah, unless you're paying hourly rates, but who's going to let a 13-year-old pay an hourly rate? I don't know, and that's my thing. And maybe they just go, oh, yeah, this is my girlfriend. She's 30. Okay. Because she's Asian, and the dude behind the counter doesn't know what a fucking 30-year-old Laotian chick looks like. Probably strung out on something. There you go, yeah. But also, the Jolly Roger is a great name for an hourly rate motel. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's all I've really got. I didn't have a lot of cons. Okay. I don't really like this episode, but I also don't hate it. I don't know. It's pretty... Eh. I don't know. You know what my other problem is, though? We just watched Dean Young hitting it out of the park with Lupe. Man, he that ball is still flying. You mm-hmm. can still see it. There it goes, Johnny. There goes Lupe's revenge. Mm-hmm. Like Some say it's still in orbit. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, like, and then you have this one to follow up with, and... It's kind of that, like, with, um, I don't want to wait... Yeah, I don't want to wait. It was like dumb teenage drama, but at least they handled this well. Okay. And literally here in about 20 minutes, we're about to see how well they shit the bed and not handling it well. Uh, yeah. Listeners, buckle up. John and I are about to get real shitty in about 10 minutes here. It's either that or you're just going to see all sort of like, just like, defeat come out in us. Or maybe I love it. I haven't watched this fucking next one in years, so maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping we, we feel something here. Um... So my cons, this episode is cringy. Go on. It's it's hard to watch because they Bobby and Connie are always together. They're always treating themselves like adults, but they're not adults. They're kids. I don't know. There's a disconnect for me personally. Yeah. Right? It's the kids doing adult things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Um, I know that Connie is a lot more mature 
than uh, most kids her age. I mean, it's very they've made that very apparent since the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby matches anybody's energy level, so that kind of makes sense too. But something about it just does not click right when I watch it. It never has. I don't. I can't say this has ever been a favorite episode of mine. No. Um. And then I have I have a con here because there's a very easy fix to a lot of the the conflict in this once it shifts from okay now we get to be together but I want to go and do my own thing mm-hmm. and really all it has to be my my biggest issue here is okay if they end up splitting up then Connie is suicidal and she's gonna hurt herself or worse right okay the idea behind that was Bobby split up with her mm-hmm. Okay, what happens when Connie splits up with him? Is she not allowed to just get sick of him? No, she's a woman. I, that's, I don't know. That's the message they're giving you Asian here. Asian patriarch society, I don't know. Like, like, is she not allowed to initiate that breakup and say, no, I'm not going to be suicidal, I want to break up with him this time? That's a very fair point, yeah. You know, it's a very easy solution to this. Yeah. But, huh. yeah, it just seemed kind of yeah intriguing. Um, well, Mark, that, that brings us to some favorite moments. Favorite moments. I only have one. It's Bobby Hill's last movement. That's a really good joke. It is. That's a good... Okay, we. you know what? I take it back. The fight scene in the van. That's a fantastic little fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. Writing's great. Like, it's all great. Um, but really, capitalizing in Bobby Hill's last movement, that's a great joke. How about you, buddy? Uh, it's always poop with you. <laughs> because, let's be real, with Bobby Hill, it would always be poop. That Bobby Hill's nothing but poo-poo joke. Does, it doesn't matter. You don't have to work blue to be funny, Mark. <laughs> uh, whether he's 11 years old or 60 years old, Bobby Hill will find something funny to make a joke out of, and it will involve poop. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in for it. Yeah, me too. And Fat White Lump. Fat White Lump. Fat White Lump is, is the shining moment of this, and it happens right at the very beginning. And it's it, it wouldn't be as shining... If all you heard was Bobby say, fat white lumps about me, mm-hmm. it's the cherry on top of Khan seeing him fleeing out the window and screaming, fat white lump! The very, very bottom is charcoal. Charcoal is a failure of an episode. It's an F. Above that is a bronze rank, and you get it out of in the form of a megalo. It's an alrightish episode. If you're hungover and this is on the TV, you'll probably watch it, but you'll probably be on your phone just as much. And that's fine. It's still King of the Hill. You're glad to see it. Above that is butane. Butane is our silver rank. It's a bastard episode and it's a bastard gas. You love to hate it and you hate to love it, but you're glad to see a butane. I, I think we're getting a lot of butanes lately, and yeah. I'm not upset that we're watching butanes. I'm okay with a bulk of a show being butanes. They, they can't, can't all be, be winners. Yeah. Shouldn't it shouldn't be. No. Yeah, because then you're full of shit. Then your then your series is only two seasons long. Then your community. Yeah. And those are all Char Kings. Minus minus the sixth season. I like the sixth season. Not as much as the others. Anyway. <laughs> Annie's boobies. Um, um, above that is our Char King. Char King is like a gold medal rank. It's an A of an episode. Uh, it's a really great episode of King of the Hill. You probably love a Char King. If you watch a Char King, you probably love it. And if Johnny and I come together and we both give it a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. And finally above that, we have one more in our ranking system, and that's our S rank. And that is the Blue Flame of Valor. That's a perfect episode of TV, a perfect episode of King of the Hill. We should put episodes like this in the goddamn Smithsonian and preserve them for all time. Library of Congress shit. Hell yeah. On the goddamn Voyager probe, you know, like they have that gross, like, gold disc and, like, all that stuff will throw in Won't You Pee My Neighbor and or, you know... Firefight and we will go. Exactly. Um, also, a very critical point 
or part of the blue flame is that you can show this to anybody with zero context for King of the Hill, and they will more than likely love it. So with that being said, Johnny, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, what are you going to give Father of the Bride? Uh, I gave it a butane. Butane? Yep. Uh, it's got some really great moments in this episode. The entire B-plot is very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Dale just, like, going off the rails, and they, they pepper it in just right yeah. to where it doesn't get overwhelming. It doesn't feel like a, a Dale is saving the episode moment. But, uh, yeah, it's it's got some great moments, but it feels like this whole concept was about two seasons too late for me. Okay. And, like I said, it's never really sat well with me the way that it plays out because everybody is just a little too adult for being 13. Okay. But. Don't worry. We're about yeah. to see that all come crashing down. Yeah. Um, yeah, butane. So that makes this a two-tane. Two-tane. I hate that name. No, you don't. You I love wish it. I never would have thought of it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Real middle of the road. Um, I wasn't happy to see this episode, but I wasn't mad that I watched it. Okay. Yeah. I guess I do like how many times Bobby gets one over on Khan. Yeah. Like, I'm reminded of Flesh with Power. Yep. Yeah, stuff like that. And that's funny. I wonder if Bobby's smarter than Khan. I'm, that's that's a good question to pose. I because Khan is a smart individual, but he does get outfoxed by a, a 13-year-old fat white lump pretty frequently. Often, yeah. Like, that could be an episode type, Johnny. Khan gets it from Bobby, like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, shit. All right, a two-tane. Let's, let's go ahead and shoot on over to our next episode. What Yay, do you think? Yay, I love it, buddy. Yay, I'm with Cupid. Fuck me. <laughs> The subtle side glances. <laughs> All right, we are back. We have just watched I'm With Cupid. But before we get into it, Johnny, I have an update. I? Yellow 5 slash Mountain Dew does not lower your sperm count. That was an urban legend. Urban legend. Well, let's talk about another urban legend this fucking episode. <laughs> well, this is episode 110, I'm With Cupid. Original air date, February 10th, 2002. This is written by Altshuler and Krinsky, Mark. Um, that's weird. I feel like yeah. I feel like we keep saying, "Oh, we're not going to see a lot more out of these guys." Yeah, I think somebody just got really bored with the wiki and was like, "No, nah, I don't want to keep updating this." Uh, at least we got. At least they got us to do it yeah. right. Yeah, it's a it's an audio log of of your progress, guys. So if the wiki doesn't reflect it, at least you know we will. Um. So our cast of characters: Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Joseph Gribble, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Connie Supanusipone. Charisse, Stuart Dooley, Willa Harris. Uh, I don't believe she speaks in this because we won't ever actually get to meet Willa Harris, do we? Uh, she gives Bobby that. She gives Bobby the flower, the the very first flower that morning. That's her. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, Debbie with a Y, and not a W H Y. And then non-speaking roles for Clark Peters and Nancy Gribble. Nancy can't talk because she got her mouth full of the big D. He's rounding first, man. Yeah, he is. Uh, so synopsis here, Bobby gets some bad love advice from, you guessed it, Bill, and nearly implodes his friendship with Connie. <laughs> oh, come on, you know it needed to be said. It does, I just... But he also gets bad advice from Boomhauer, too. Like, we can't just come out here and say that it's only Bill that gives Bobby, like, how to not do this shit right. It's true, but he is, he, he takes Bill's advice. He's smart enough to not take Boomhauer's. Maybe. Or he sees Boomhauer actively failing in the field. Yeah. 20, like, 23 strikeouts. Bill is effective in that, like, he's not going to get a woman 
But he also has his night planned every night, so... Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, a story character... It's really, it's just Bobby. Yeah, it's Bobby. I think. Um, yeah, let's get into some notes, man. Uh, yeah, let's do her. Um, number one, this episode drives home my philosophy for understanding how to get along with women. Make them laugh, make them breakfast. Okay. You gotta be funny. I'm not a good-looking dude, but I'm a funny guy, so... <laughs> and that's what's... What do you call that? Not speared. What did I do to... That's what entrapped my woman to love me, is my hilarity. Yep, yep. And my ribs. I understand. Right, honey? The ribs? The ribs. <laughs> 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 Listeners, a uh, very special guest in the think hole, it's my lady. It's a first, everybody. A first for Dang Old Podcast. I've just been sitting here side, listening. On this side, on this side, on this side. Over on the other side? Just wave your boobs in Johnny's face. He doesn't mind. <laughs> I, I might. Do you? Do you? If you minded, you wouldn't be wearing yellow. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? The sluttiest color. All right. Is yellow the sluttiest color? Oh, gotta be, yeah. Okay, well, okay. I was just sitting here listening, and they said, like, Bobby takes some advice from Bill, but doesn't take it from Boomhauer. And I feel like it's because Bobby sees himself in Bill and sees what he could be in the future. But getting striked out by women at a shoe store isn't necessarily something personal to Bobby that he connects with. Okay. So that's my thought on that. Good enough. Well, thank you for for said thoughts. No, it's it's definitely a thinker for sure. Especially when you go back to everybody's favorite fucking conspiracy theory that Bobby is in fact half Bill. I maybe. <laughs> but Bobby wouldn't buy that. Bobby doesn't know that Bill could be his daddy. He doesn't no. know that he's Bill's maybe baby. It's it's right. No, like it. There's there's definitely some validity to that. Yeah, it's valid. I guess. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. That's a thinker. That's a thinker. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I like Bobby wanting to get rid of Bill. Yeah. Like, he's already, like, he sees him and he's like, oh, no, not this. No, 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 not mm-hmm. Mr. Dotri. He no, is no. already over this. What was it? Season one, we were talking about how, like, Joseph, or Bobby doesn't like uh, Dale Gribble. But now we've seen Dale and Bobby get into shenanigans. They're going to get into more shenanigans yep. later on. Um. Like they have when, a connection. They have a connection. They're buddies. I think they're buddies anyway. Like it's, it's the same with Bobby and Boomhauer. Yeah, because this is not the first time we've seen them kind of pal around together and like have a have a connecting moment. Man, within we, this season, with it's not easy being green. Yeah, we just yeah. saw it. Yeah, or I guess last season in five. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. It's cool though. I'm glad that Bobby has relationships with the adult men. That sounded weird. I'm glad well, that he has positive male influences and Hank. And like, if, if we can look into the future, Mark, he does end up with a good relationship with Bill. Yeah, because we have a very, really like amazing episode where he learns how to barbecue from Bill. That's true. That's true. Um, that has got to be the worst fucking way to come home. Like, you know that Peggy bitched the whole ride home about how they didn't watch her windmill, and you open the door, and there's Bill and Bobby in full pant load tandem. It's, he's Bill Jew at that point. Well, he's literally Bill Jew, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that means Bill Jr., listeners. Yeah, sorry for you, you Simpsons fans. Instead of Ho-Jew, he's Bill Jew. The kids could call you Ha-Jew. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally... I wonder if Boomhauer has a Bible in his dash to deputize people. He he might. If we're gonna be, if we're just gonna look forward to the future, we find out later on that Boomhauer is in fact a Texas Ranger. Yeah. I don't know. It's a 
thought I had. How about you, buddy? Could notes? Possibly. I, I do want to. I want to touch on Boomhauer for just a second because yeah. you you spoiled what his job was, but I want to make it a point to say. I have been looking every time he's mentioned in the wiki. They give his real his real first name, and I intentionally don't say it. So I'm going to keep that one. That's that's fine. I think I figured as much. Everybody just calls it Boomhauer anyway. Now, but. to be fair, if you go on IMDb right now, it shows one of the first images on there is Boomhauer's Texas Ranger badge. Interesting. That happened to us. I forgot what we were doing. This was like episode two or three of this. Yeah. And I pulled it up to look at something, and I was like, "Son of a bitch! They ruined the ending." Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I've got uh, some notes here. The the animation on Bill's head when he is trying to squeeze it into the the hill's front door. Oh yeah. It like he, it squishes. It like wraps around the door at one point. Bill's got a fat head. It's he a... does have a fat head. It's just really off putting. Bill got a meaty melon. So I, I wrote Bill's head animation. What the hell? <laughs> um. Good catch. Right. Uh, if I was Bobby's parent and I saw him, if, if I saw my kid like. Hulk Hogan rip his shirt open and smear a bunch of chocolate onto it and then just, like, dissolve into a puddle of emotion. Mm -hmm. That kid would not be going to school tomorrow. He'd be going to a fucking counselor. Nah, send him to school. Pretend nothing happened. It's a one-off. You're 13. You get a couple passes. Until, like, you've killed at least three animals or, like, brought a weapon to school, you get a pass. Uh, shit. Short term. You and I would be different parents. Short-term memory in teenagers, man, that shit doesn't exist. They don't remember what they fucking did yesterday. I don't know. I can remember the cringy-ass shit that I did in high school. Yeah. But I don't remember it back then. Okay. I can't remember, like, you know, that day-to-day-to-day. Just every day is equally compounding in shittiness or or fantasticness, and it doesn't matter how good or bad the day before was, you still exist in this repetitive cycle. Nah, whatever. Yeah, I smeared chocolate on my chest. That ain't half as bad as when I, you know, got hit in the balls with a dodgeball in gym class, like... I don't know. They call I, me Little Bobby Split Sack. Like to me, that that's that's a cry for help, and I'd be like, "Cool, you're you're taking the day out of school. We're gonna go and talk to somebody about this because clearly Bill Dotrieve has fucked you up more than I can fix." <laughs> so it's also the hills in 2002. There's no such thing as childhood therapists. I, there is, but they wouldn't go to them. Not in Texas. <laughs> um, we have a music cue, Mark. Yeah, we do. What's, what is it? I didn't catch it. The, you didn't? The piano player in the mall, yeah? Nope. No? Nope, at Joseph's party. Oh, hell, I didn't we even We have In Too Deep by Sum 41. I didn't even catch that. Yep, 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 yep. It's uh, that, that one I can very vividly remember because I think it was like the third CD I ever owned. Okay. I do like Sum 41. Good good old early 2000s pop punk. Okay. Um, Boomhauer and Bobby are pretty close. We mentioned I mentioned this earlier. When you think about it, they've they've had a couple of moments together at this point. Yeah. I like that you're bringing up his relationship with Dale has very much changed, and it will change with Bill. But I think Bill is still very much a cautionary tale. But Bobby goes to him a lot too. Sometimes. I mean, pregnant pause. He was he was literally like biking back and forth to get the hormone the biscuits. hormone biscuits for him. Yeah. Like he's like I he could have asked anybody in the alley that question about where he came from and if he was adopted. Mm-hmm. And yet, nope, I'm going to do this because it's Mr. Dotrieve. I don't know. I think he only asked Bill because Bill was there. I think he's got some trust for Bill. I don't I don't think he trusts Bill at all. No? I think he trusts Bill to be a pant load. I don't know. <laughs> he knows that there's a level of of patheticness that he's he can almost exploit if he needs to. We've also talked a lot, though. Bill kind of has that weird Arrested Development shit. Maybe he's just easier at socializing with Bobby. He might. He might be. 
Like, if you can understand, like, Boomhauer's, like, hanging out with Chewbacca, you just kind of, like, respond to the context clues in his voice. I live on a fucking loud road. You live in a loud city. No, I don't. Well, Everybody around here's got a fucking big fuck you truck. That's because they'll have tiny penises and live in tiny apartments. Their lives are miserable. <laughs> They're, like, one step above Bill. But instead of food, they fill that gap with their gigantic diesels. Now the gas is six bucks a gallon. I think it's fucking hilarious. Um, your lifestyle's unsustainable, prick. Uh, is that you? I'm sorry. Yeah, We're doing yeah. music cues. Did you catch the piano music in the mall? I did not. I didn't either. I thought it was something, but I couldn't pick it up. I, I assumed it was just, you know, basic elevator music. Yeah. That type of thing. It's music. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got one more note here, and it's... Did you notice Boomhauer refers to himself as B-Dog? Yeah, I think it's cute. Yeah, it's a good, B-Dog. good, good callback. Just sit back and let B Dog talk. We'll show you how it's done. But also, dang old little B, little B, I Bobby Hill, little B. Give me some pros, man. Pros: Willa Harris's giggle when she pins that flower on Bobby. That's a cute little bit. I yeah. like that a lot. Um, Dooley, that <laughs> took courage. This, again, this is good Dooley. When we get into bad Dooley, listeners, I guarantee I'm going to shout him out. But so far to six seasons, I don't really think I've gotten sick of Dooley yet, and that's that's a good feeling to have. Um, I really like Bobby's milk bender at school. Yep. I didn't count how many cartons there, but it looked About, north it of dozen. eight. Yeah, like, I didn't count them either because it's milk, but all I know is that boy's going to have the shits later. Or he's going to throw up in the middle of class. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> uh, Joseph going, is this what I do to chicks? Yeah. <laughs> Joseph's finally becoming self-aware. Joseph is experiencing growth. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the POV shot of Bobby before he ruins the party. Okay. It's, you see him, like, lurking through the bushes, and then you see him, like, and we know what he is, or what it is now, because we've seen this episode a hundred times. Mm-hmm. But, like, and, you know, he rings the doorbell. I just like it. We haven't really got a good POV shot since, um... Excuse me, um, the decline of Peggy Hill, or the fall and decline of Peggy Hill, whatever, when she's in the body cast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then I really like Bobby making fun of Joseph. Joseph, if it wasn't for me, you'd just be all, dude, I'm so blah. Yeah. I like that. I like that Bobby can kind of get roasty in his comedy, and I like that. It, with Joseph, he can. He has no shame. Any one of them, though. Like, um, uh, Bill Sales, when he's taking the piss out of Bill talking shit about him, like, he God, can he's be so mean. loose. And cheap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're like, right. you can see Bobby doing stand up, and, like, that would be. It's the Peggy in him that has no shame. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, he is not afraid to cross that line. <laughs> um, that's like I got for pros. How about you, buddy? Um, the, the whole idea and concept, like, what an opener with Dale wanting to give Nancy a, a pig heart. What the hell is that? Like I don't know. I think he thought he was being cute, and I know that the joke is that both scenarios in which he's gonna give it to her is fucked up. It's horrifying. But it's so Dale, I love it. So what is it? He's gonna either put it on the seat of her car right. so she can think about him all day, or give it to her at breakfast? Um, or it's on the nightstand. Or on right? her pillow. Yeah, 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 on the pillow, yeah. Yeah. God. And it's terrifying in the best kind of bill or uh, best kind of Dale way. <laughs> um, it's a it should be a con because of how gross it is, but they're at the all you can eat restaurant and Bill is like wiping his face and with this napkin. He's got all of that like 
um, chicken wing goo yeah. and everything else. Do you notice what he does with the napkin after he wipes his face? No. He shoves it in his ear and cleans his ear out. Oh. Same napkin. If that's hot, not a bill thing to do. Hot earwax. That's gross. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, they really drive home how pathetic Bill is in this. Yeah. Without him, like, really devolving. There's one time where he really just kind of gets into, like, cry mode. And that's when they all show show up from two-stepping. Well, but then he's also in the alley. And, oh, poor Boomhauer. You could just cry for him. I think I'm going to go do that. Ah, maybe yeah. that doesn't count. That's just Bill having to exit stage right. Yeah. Um, and then the last pro I've gotten here is Peggy's line of, okay, she is dead to you now. Let's move on. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Peggy's like, fine, fuck it. Let's let's go. How about some cons, man? Cons. Uh, Bill. Just Bill in general. I hate Bill. Goddamn. He's Con. not good in this. He's not. It's more pant load. I... I can't, I feel like I keep talking all this good shit on, like, how evolved Bill is. We're, like, getting the Bill arc of, you know, he had Leanne's song, and he realized what he's doing there was bad, and, like, then he, you know, had his pretty, pretty dresses breakdown, and then he kind of, okay, well, Lenore's not coming back. Right. And this episode just seems like a gigantic backslide, and I don't like it. We've been to this party. I am sick of being at this fucking party. He's very inconsistent. Amazingly, in a show that can't nail down its timeline, apparently. Yeah. Bill is the most inconsistent creature within it. Like, I just, I hate that. I don't know. It, it gives him complexity, but it is frustrating at a point because you want to establish a norm for Bill, and it feels like there is ver- two very different ones. You're either going to get cryy pant load Bill at any given point, where he is like the most pathetic human on the planet, or you get somewhat evolved Bill that kind of knows what the fuck is going on and can be more of an asset to society. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. But there's no rhyme or reason to how they did like divide that. So can I like make you put on your therapist cap real quick? Sure. It's just manic depressive, right? Bill is either here or he's here, but he's never here. It could be, I guess. Right? But I I don't know. He's Bill exhibits a lot of like very typical depression symptoms in here. The fact that he is constantly sleeping is a well, huge yeah. He talks indicator. about like when I'm awake, I'm sad. Yeah, yeah. Like I have to feel something, so I eat and eat and eat because full is a feeling. Yeah. Like there's definitely that. I don't know if I would go so far as to say he's manic though. Maybe not manic. Is there a lighter version of manic depressive? No. No. Not really. Okay. Not at least not to my knowledge yet. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I maybe I'm trying to like therapize things that don't exist. No, but like, it just sucks because we, like you said, we have seen a lot of really good growth at points in Bill, and he is a fun character to watch well, in maybe, a lot of episodes. But you get one like this, and it ruins the next four for him. Maybe that's the problem. Is maybe we're trying to see too much growth in Bill, and Bill can't grow. Bill won't change. Yeah. Bill is the itinerant pant load. That's all he's going to ever be is just a pant load. Yeah. That is Bill's caw, is to be a pant load. Yeah, but it's it's also our human nature to want to see him succeed, even if he's being a pant load. No, I want to see the episode where he kills himself. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> no, you don't. And no, you don't get to keep his pajamas afterwards. Damn it! Never mind then, I'm out. <laughs> but there's um, silk, John. There's silk. Any more cons, buddy? Cons, several here. Um, okay, Texas physics, I'm assuming. There's a lot of outside in this episode for okay. February. Yeah. The guys are drinking coffee outside in short sleeve shirts. Uh, Hank and Peggy are drinking what I assume is margaritas out of a pitcher um, okay. during the party at the Gribbles. Bill is just standing outside drinking beer in the alley by himself at night. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's Texas physics, but 
I got to assume that February in Texas, after the sun goes down, it still gets pretty goddamn cold. Right? And even if it doesn't get that goddamn cold, it's going to get that goddamn cold if you live in Texas and you're used to, like, the hot, hot heat all the time. But Yeah. Uh, that's me being real nitpicky about it. Shit. I was going to say, their governor did let a bunch of children freeze the last two years in the in the wintertime, but who well, am I to say? He's making them stronger. You never forget your first turnip winter. Yeah, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him get out of his wheelchair and kick my ass, but... It's never, not going to happen. Wait, Ted Cruz is in a wheelchair? It's not Ted Cruz, it's Abbott. Oh, Abbott. Fuck Abbott. Yeah. yeah. I pay so little attention to shit. I just know that Abbott slash Cruz are bad words. And then DeSantis is a bad word, too. Yes. Bobert and Green and... we got a lot of shit in this country. Gates. Gates. Yeah, they're all awful. Anyway. That fucking 98-year-old dude in North Dakota. <laughs> um, Con. 98-year-old dude in North Dakota. Con, Bill's pig dance story. He was the fucking bulldozer. Yeah. When did this fucking happen? When he was in basic? Because I don't buy that. I don't either. I don't buy any part of that happening. He hadn't hit Operation Walrus yet. Yeah. So it's either it happened to him in high school, which you cannot buy. Right. Because he was the bulldozer. Maybe it happened when he was in basic training. Okay. But as far as I know, he got with Lenore while he was still in basic, right? Well, and you look at his wedding video that he is showing, and he is not the pant load Bill that you know. Yeah, like Bobby even points out, what happened to you? So I almost wonder if Bill is now just manufacturing shit he's seen and making it false memories because he's so deep into pant load load dumb. Yeah? I don't know. Um, I have a major con with the chocolate scene, and it's not what you're thinking it is. Okay. Where does the chocolate scene occur? In the kitchen. In the kitchen, looking into what? Connie's room. Yeah. How the hell does that work? Is Bobby's room on the other side of the kitchen? Bobby's Hill's down the hall from the kitchen. Okay. Bobby's Hill looks into Connie's room. If anything, that kitchen window should look into the Gribble's yard. And so you know the house layout by my memory a little bit better than I do, I think. But yeah, like that, that's definitely an inconsistency. There's no way in hell, like... Um, episodes focus on this is plot points where Bobby Bobby's room lines up with Connie's room yep Bobby's a fat kid but he doesn't live in the kitchen guys figure that shit out if she was like on the like kitchen phone at the super Newton phones like that's fine I don't care mm-hmm. but the fact that she's in her bedroom it's like God and I know whatever I'm the simp for continuity whatever that listener said or that wiki editor said <laughs> yeah but, like whatever I don't know I, I, you just do it con Hooters. Hooters is gross. Have you been to Hooters lately? Mm, I think I've been to Hooters one time. Was it good? I don't remember it, so if it, I don't think it was good. It may have been mediocre. I don't think I got sick, but... I remember dropping $40 in wings because it was me and John Andahar and our buddy Roger. And literally, we were just there to horse as many wings as we could get. And, like, these women are just being gross, and I feel bad for them. And, like, I don't know if I feel worse for the clientele at Hooters that think that the girls like them, or the girls at Hooters that have to do that shit. Either way, Hooters has bad wings. That's my point. Hooters okay. is a con. Don't go there. Go to the all-you-can-eat Cooligans. Cooligans. Also, uh, shout-out note to Cooligans. I thought I wrote that down, but apparently... Oh, I did write it down. I'm just dumb and can't read. Um, but, yeah, we get another restaurant, Johnny. Cooligans. In- which is obviously a parody of... Shenanigans? Or Bennigans. We're One of the two. I was going to say tchotchkes. I should have said tchotchkes, and I was wrong. You should have. I'm or sorry. flickers. Or flickers. Fuck or, me. Or maybe the chilies. <laughs> sorry, guys. We definitely did watch Office Space to get the last time I was here. Yeah, we did. Um, and finally, piano players in malls. It's just such a weird thing. 
I don't think it exists anymore because malls don't exist anymore. Well, I was going to say COVID probably. Like, you want to talk about non-essential workers. Now, now, don't let me step on your toes, dear sweet mall-based piano players. If COVID made you lose your mall-based playing piano gig, I am very sorry. Maybe go find a more sustainable source of income. You're part of the problem. What are we, at favorite moments now? Or, um, or did you I have cons. cons. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're okay. I, I bulldozed over your cons. Um, so I've got, I've only got two, so not a whole lot here. Um, Cupid slash Cherub Bobby Hurts. That will never not suck. It, was it as bad as you remember, though? No, it wasn't. I feel like the lead up to this, I really didn't want to watch this. I thought this scene lasted. I thought it was I a th- lot longer. I thought the I'm your little candy man, I thought that was in front of everybody. That was at the party, right? It was, when he says it, it's not. No, no, but- I know, but like... That scene, you remember that being at the party, right? Yeah. Like, he went in with the candy, and he's like, I'm your little candy man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe you and I are just remembering it incorrectly, but... Yeah, or it was so terrible, Fox pulled it and re-shot it. I don't know. Just re-cut it. Yeah. It's, I don't know. And that's why Connie's in a room. Cupid Bobby sucks, dude. That's that's what I'm going to say about it. It's cringy. Who do you hate more, Cupid Bobby or Baby Bobby getting his hair cut? Cupid Bobby, but only by a little bit. Because Cupid Bobby got all of his chocolate milk. Uh. <laughs> Keep going with your cons, I'm my, sorry. So my last con here, and I think it's it's going to be one that really I have to hearken back to. Oh, let's see. Is it I Don't Want to Wait, where we meet Tall Joseph, where we officially get Breck and Meyer? Yeah. So it's going to harken back all the way to that. So it's not really a con in this episode, but it's now a con for that one. Okay. Joseph is really fucking tall in that episode, right? Yeah. Like, taller than Dale. A little bit, yeah, right? Yeah, because he just keeps asking, how's the weather up there? Right? Yeah. So in this episode, Joseph isn't even as tall as Peggy. Yeah, he's like bobby size, kind of, almost. Like, he's he's back to, like, season one Joseph size. Yep, just about. Like, he's taller than Bobby. It makes Bobby still look very small. So I don't know, like, I'm going to say that this is this is the fault on I don't want to wait because it set an unrealistic standard because this is the Joseph height that I know for the rest of the series. Taller than Bobby, but not as tall as every other adult. Or are they all scaling up a little bit? Maybe they are. Because, like, he's now as tall as Sharice, and Sharice has always been, like, gigantic. But right. But now he's taller than Sharice. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, it was it was something I just, I had noticed because Peggy and Dale are about the same height. Yeah. Hank is taller than both of them. Yeah. And Joseph is is shorter than all three of them in that opening scene where they walk out into the alley. Yeah. When so, they're like Mormon missionaries and it's weird. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know, like, my... But my... did you also notice how short Bobby was drawn in that first scene? Uh, yes. He's like micro-machine Bobby. It's kind of weird. But, and that's initially what made me realized i was like oh wow they're messing with heights a little bit here and one of them maybe for perspective but like there's there's comments specifically about the jolly gribble giant yeah so i i don't know i think we're now at where he's going to stay i don't know if he's ever going to be taller than peggy or he may be he may get to peggy's height but he's not going to be as tall as hank for the rest of the series i don't think yeah and that one were the transcrotal patch there's a scene when D- Hank and uh, Joseph are in the uh, uh, alley together. Oh, and they just and go they sup. sup. And they're like the same, or they're both like raging yeah. mountains of testosterone. But I'm thinking a little farther, in, even farther into the series, maybe uh, season 11 or 12, where Bobby and Joseph decide they're just going to be panhandlers. And Bobby Ugh. is very, he's there's, there's like maybe a two-inch difference between them. That's true, yeah. 
So. Maybe it got weird to, like, draw Joseph being, like, this towering beanpole. I mean, yeah, but, like, why the fuck did you make it such a big point, though? Because you needed to do it for I Don't Want to Wait, because Joseph has gone for the summer, and now he's different. Like, you yeah. really gotta drive that home. And I guess maybe if you view that through the lens of Bobby, like, this is his best friend in the world, and then he goes away and comes back, and he's a totally different person. Yeah. And then now we can kind of dial it back a little bit. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing. Um, well, that's, that's all I got for cons. I have one retro reference, Rage. Okay. Um, other than the fact that they're in a mall, which doesn't exist anymore, Peggy makes a statement that Bobby should have a pager, and he might be a drug dealer, but at least they could have gotten a hold of him. And pagers are not a thing anymore. Or, 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 he could be a propane salesman, because Hank has a pager. <laughs> Listeners, you can't hear the eye roll, but it was palpable. I wish you could, though. <laughs> uh, give me some favorite moments, man. Favorite moments. I don't know what that says. Oh, <laughs> when they're in the mall and the uh, Debbie looks at Peggy and goes, "Oh, your mom is funny too." <laughs> oh, and the scowl she gives her after, yeah, yeah. oh, that's perfect. Si- oh, 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 size boom. They gonna try something in size boom. Yeah, that's size good. Boom. That's dirty boom. How are you're a dirty boy? And then follow up to that, a uh, boom. How that's the women's changing room. Yep. Man, nickel for every time we've seen Hank cockblock Boomhauer, because it's a couple times. It's We're starting to get up there. Yeah. How about you, buddy? Favorite moments? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Might be a first one. Oh, I think that's your first one. I, I couldn't really find anything in here to really favor. Oh, damn. Like, not enough to call out. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this episode, because I don't hate it, but it's I nowhere it's... near love. I think when we've run the gamut, this is going to have to be a rewatch for us. I, I mark it down as a rewatch. Because you know what? When this was on the queue, I, listeners, like 20 minutes ago, in whatever, in your time, it isn't different, but it's different for us because we're together, so we're watching these and then doing them. But, like, we were both upset that we had to watch this one and shit. I wasn't unhappy to watch this one. At the end, yeah. The whole thing, like, yeah, the bill bit was shitty, but, like, there's some funny bits in the in uh, uh, Cooligans. I like... Peggy and Hank going dancing. That whole bit about Boom Howard just free, just constantly scoring. Um, I forget which episode it was. And you're like, we need to keep a running tally of Boom Howard's conquests. Thank God we didn't do that because this one would have like broken our backs. Like, oh yeah, this there's a lot of good in this. I don't know. You wanna you wanna rate her? I guess. Sure, sure. Um, well, I gave I'm with keep it a butane. Butane. Yeah, I remember it being way worse, but on a rewatch, it's not as bad as I remember it. But it is still very cringy. This is... After this rewatch, this is no longer an episode that I will actively skip. Because I used yeah. to actively skip it. Yeah. Because I had such an, an evil memory of it. Because it's a bad episode. It was a bad episode. It's... Yeah. Is it that we're adults now? Like, we're fully realized adults and, like, we don't have to really worry about, like... I think part of it also is our process. You know, we're examining things more than just, like, this episode made me laugh. Yeah. We're appreciating it for more than just its basest components. So, yeah, okay. maybe maybe that's a sign of growing up, buddy. Oh, what do you wow. what, what do you rate her? Um, I also gave it a butane. This is a pretty alright episode. It might even be like a buking. I can't tell. Yeah? I'm giving it a butane because I'm getting sick of us getting cute. But like and and <laughs> That makes it double two tane. It'd be a double two tane. Propane is C3H8. Butane is C4H10. 
There's something in there. We're just not smart enough to figure it out because neither one of us are chemists. Not even a little. (laughs) My point is there's no bacon in it at all. But no, I like this episode. It's fine. I'm going to watch it again. Like... On a rewatch, I won't skip it now. Yeah. I I, I fully expected to go into the shit with the charcoal. I, I knew that I hated this episode. There's a lot of good in it, though. Like... Except the pig heart bit. I don't understand that. It hangs me up a lot, and I don't like that that is what... It's so jarring right at the beginning, and I love it, but it that's because it's crawl. Dale. Yeah, I don't know. You get two really good Dale moments. You get that, and you get him going, I'm rounding first, damn it! Con, making out with your wife in front of a bunch of middle schoolers. That's weird as shit. Um, but yeah. So, a two-tane, a two-tane squared. Quad-tane. Quad-tane. A quatrain. Nostradamus predicted these episodes. I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's where we're at. Guys, uh, there, we're there. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill, buddy? Hey, man, I still love King of the Hill. How about you? I still really am all right with King of the Hill. I, You know what? I am pleasantly surprised that I am still enjoying it as much as I am. We'll go with that. Because right. I thought I would have... I've been talking a lot of good shit about falling off the wagon lately, and... You have. Not yet. And this is this is a very spotty season, but I think you're going to you're gonna come out of this liking the majority of season six. Yeah. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you want to tell those good people where they can find it? Wow. Do you want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy? I absolutely do. They can find us on Instagram or on Twitter at DangOldPodcast. They can email us at dangolpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at KrautBallStream. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in the tunnel of love. Where can they find you, Mark? I was afraid to go through the tunnel of love at first. Yeah? But then once I got in there, I was all right. I'm trying to remember that fucking American Dad line where they're joking about butt sex. Um, you can find me at our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my good buddy Josh discuss a variety of weird topics, ranging from the paranormal to popular culture to weird. Man, these last couple weeks we have really been steering into this like classical skin. So I am. Go find us there. We're doing some good shit. And you can also find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening, guys. Um, shout us out. What was your worst Valentine's Day experience? We didn't even talk about bad Valentine's Days, but fuck Valentine's Day. It's a, it, it's a, what, what does Joseph say? It's a fabrication by the glo- the floral industrial complex? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's get out of here, buddy. I would say so. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. We love y'all, everyone. Good night. <laughs>